0: And now your host, multimillionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO, and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley.
1: Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Well, yesterday, folks, I started in to the show with the concept that, okay, we just got my tax returns back. We saw that I've had, again, higher income year after year, have every year for 30 years, and came to the conclusion that to discuss what my income was of no use to you at your level. So I decided to start back with the very beginning, and I did. I started way back with my single family housing and worked my way through the first three or four major deals. And when I say that, I did a bunch of single family houses that I didn't consider you know, uh, major deals. They were, you know, I did, I think nine single family houses and then I started buying them in groups. And today I want to pick up where the buying them in groups part started and talk about the difference. So what I found was when I owned single family houses, And the reason I was very successful at it was that I had a very, very specific routine I used with them. If you come to Lifestyles Unlimited, we'll teach you these techniques and rules that will make this very, very profitable. And besides buying them profitably, which was important, and understanding how to do that, there's the operation. So most people, if you talk to them about owning real estate, they're going to talk to you about taxes, tenants, and toilets and how bad they had it. And the real challenge with people owning single family houses comes down to this. Number one, most people that had rental problems, rental houses and properties, picked them up as unwanted rentals. An example would be somebody in their family left them a home and they decided to rent it out. Or an example would be one guy uh, met another woman and each of them had a home before they got married. When they got married, they had an extra home. And instead of selling the home, they decided to rent the home out. So the point is, when people get into the rental industry, by gosh, by golly, by happenchance, they don't ever bother to learn how to do it right. It's not a business to them. It's just, okay, how could this be? How could this be anything more than just simply put an ad in the paper and rent the house out? And, of course, that is that easy to do. The challenge is there's many problems with that as a business approach to renting houses. So one of the things I told you yesterday that I learned was right up front, the first four houses I bought had been completely rehabbed uh, by the seller. So I had homes that had 10-year warranties on them. I mean, there was nothing wrong with them. The only thing that could go wrong would be something that a tenant would do to the house, but things wouldn't just wear out. So when you go out there and you buy a rent house, a lot of these people that pick up these rent houses, by gosh, by golly, or just... Go to a Dave Del Dotto, Robert Allen, Jeff McCon, Tommy Boons, Milans, Ron LeGrand, Carl Sheet, Robert Kiyosaki, Donald Trump, Midnight Madness, Something for Nothing seminar. They're just telling you how to go buy real estate for very little down, whether you have bad credit or good credit or whatever. But they're not really telling you how to operate the property once you get it. So you take the property and you put it out there in the market. Now, it, it is acerbated by the fact that if you are one of two types of people that really become problematic with this one. You're a purple Martian yourself. You live like just death warmed over. I go to your house, I look at your home and go, mine this is disgusting. I wouldn't want to live this way. Well, guess what kind of a rent house you're going to put out there on the market? You're going to go that's fine for me. I'd live there that way. And other people would go, no, well, that's wrong. Other people would say yes, but they'd only be purple Martians. And so when you have a very bad product, you're only going to attract very bad clientele and that becomes the problem. The clientele don't pay the clientele, destroy the property and on you go and you probably don't screen them very hard because you don't know how to screen them and, or because you being a purple Martian yourself uh, are considering that, well, you know, I got bad credit. Why should I hold that against them? I've got broken leases. Why should I hold that against them? Right? I, I've had jobs that I've lost and been fired from multiple bases. Why should I hold that against them? And so the very things you look at to determine whether or not a tenant would be a stable tenant, you've broken all those things yourself. All right. Now, let's go way over to the other side that's problematic. Let's say you're Mr. and Mrs. Perfect. And I know that the liberals out there do not want anybody to say that somebody out there is perfect. But let's say in accordance with the rules, the social mores of life you just follow all the rules and you don't do anything wrong and so what do you expect you expect that everybody believes that following the rules and the social mores of life are correct your house is spotless your kids are disciplined you get them to work every day you pay all your bills and hence you would be a great tenant Um, but for you When you get in there and you're thinking, okay, I'm going to put this house up for lease, you're looking at it like it's going to be the house you're going to live in. And so you go out there and you over-remodel the house. You put too much money into it. You use too high of grade of product. Now, I'm not saying be cheap and be terrible and bad low end. I'm just saying, hey, I can go in there and put a very nice stainless steel set of appliances in for one price, You can go in there and buy the kind of appliances I have in my house and go broke. They're different. There's different grades. And you're thinking that, well, because you put a lot of value to those things, that the tenant you put in there will have value for those also. And so you put those things in there, and what happens? They tear them up. They destroy them because they don't really have value for them and or the fact is that When you go to rent it, you try to rent it for more money than it's really worth because you're thinking, look, my place is nicer than any place around. And so you put it out there on the market for more than what you should. And then it becomes very difficult to rent. And then your brain gets all whacked out of shape thinking, wow, it's really hard to rent. And the other thing that happens is the only people that show up to look at your house and are willing to lease your house are Purple Martians. Say, but tell, we're on the other end. We're the good side. Only good people should show up. No, good people won't overpay. Good people are smart and they have budgets that they live by. And so they're not going to allow you to lease to them at a price that's way too high. They're just going to pass it by and go look for something that's fairly marketed fairly that they can get into and has similar uh, type of amenities. Now, the great amenities don't really mean that much. So who ends up leasing your house? The Purple Martian who's willing to pay too much. Now, why would a Purple Martian, preferably probably somebody's having problems with their bills, having problems making ends meet, why would they be willing to pay too much, very simply? They can't rent anywhere else. Most people won't rent to them. And the very fact that you'll rent to them, they're going to say yes to whatever price you ask because this. They don't care what you ask for rent because they're not going to pay you rent. (laughs) You're going to find that out. So in a year where you had said $1,500 a month or let's just say $2,000 a month, which comes out to $24,000 a year, uh, they might pay you half the year, and you only get 12,000. Even though your rent's 2,000 a month, you're not getting paid every month. And so your gross sales go down by half, even though your gross potential is very, very high. These are the kinds of problems that people have. And so we have to know starting out in this business, exactly how far to renovate a house to put it on the market to attract the perfect family. And we have to know how to screen these people to make sure we only allow the perfect family into the rental house. If you put Purple Martians in, your life is going to be a disaster. So here we are. We've got single-family rental houses. One of them comes vacant. And so you put the ad in the paper, and you do the rehab so people are ready to move in put the ad in the paper, and uh, if you do it smart, you put the ad in the paper before the other tenant even moves out, you put a sign in the yard. And between the sign and the ad that you put in, and many times I'll tell you the honest truth, that the sign does it way more effectively than the ad, but you can put ads on the internet. Um, And people are gonna be coming and want to see the thing, say, well, look, I I can't show it to you until the tenant moves out but I just want to give you a chance to know that it's going to become available. You say, now, why do you do that? Because on single-family houses, there really is not large availability. In fact, even in multifamily, we pre-lease things. And this is something that you would know if you've never come to a class. We pre-lease everything because people have to make decisions in their life. The only people that can see your sign and go, wow, I want to rent your house and move in today or this week are people that are breaking a lease somewhere. That's the only people, you know, you got to think about that logically. They've got to give 30 days notice at their last location. So if you don't pre-lease, you're not getting the kind of people that are willing to give their other landlord notice, which is what you'd want to get when you would have someone move out. So that's one of the biggest mistakes I see people do. So now we get someone that's, you know, out there once it Show you you say you drive by, but you can't, you know, stop in. There's somebody living there. Uh, but you can only see where it's at and see what the house kind of looks like from the outside. And, by the way, if you're smart, and what we did was we used a page out of the apartment industry. We took pictures of the house while it was empty, when we first did the remodel. And then we would take those pictures and put them in the ads on the Internet. So we said, hey, this house is coming available in 30 days. This is what it looked like. This is the pictures of it they go, wow, I want that house. I mean, people literally go, I want that. I go, but you haven't even walked in yet, yeah, but I saw the pictures. Is it like the picture? I said, it was when I got it. And if it isn't, we'll fix it up, make it nice. And, and so literally I would get them allowing me to pre-screen them to run their credit and criminal and everything before uh, that tenant was even out and not have somebody waiting to move in. The second that person moved out, we'd get in there instantly, get it ready and move somebody else in. Now, the interesting thing about all this is that I was doing this. I had all the contractors on my telephone number. So as soon as the tenant moved out, I had already called the contractors at least, you know. Remember, if they give you 30 days notice, you can call them 30 days in advance. Say, I'd like to set up an appointment, have you out there on this date uh, to get ready to do this. Um, if they, you know, if they're just skipping, then you've got to call the guy and say, hey, I need you as soon as possible. You know, these people skipped out on me. And you get them over there and you've got to go out there and meet them and let them in. And show them what you want to do and give them the spec, which would be specifications as to what you want things to be done. And by the way, after you do a couple of these, um, the contractors you use begin to know and or understand what your specifications are. And then you don't really have to even go out and meet them sometimes. Just go, okay, let me go out there and make sure I see what the tenant did to the house so I can take pictures and charge them for things. But, you know, after that, boom, you just get out there and get going. You know what I want done, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm doing all that, right? And when I'm, the tenant wants to meet me out there, or the, the new tenant, the prospective tenant, they um, say, well, can, can you go out there? The answer is depending on what my schedule is. Now, I can't put them off for a week. The bottom line is they want to make a decision. And I say, look, you go by, drive by, and see if you like it. If there's pictures, take a look at the pictures. In fact, sometimes I would take pictures and put them on the outside of the house. i put them in plastic covers and uh, stapled them to the lease sign or stapled them on the side of the house where people could see the pictures what the house would look like. What I found was the first tenant that comes along the first prospect comes along that likes the house will take all the pictures down. In fact, I've even had them steal the signs out of the yard before uh, so nobody else will see it or get a chance at it. I mean, it's that brutal out there as far as being able to get a good rental property. Once they see and look in the window, man, this thing's nice, boom, they want it. So, But I still have to go out there and meet them and so forth. So all that worked out well for me, and I took a lot of time up front to make sure that the, the product was right when they moved in. I took a lot of time to make sure they were the right person to move in. And then I might get And typical lease would be one year, but the typical move-in period, uh, live-there period, was about four years. I found what happened in houses is that people move into a neighborhood and they have their kids go through a school system. Whether it's grade school or whether it's middle school or it's high school, they really don't want to move while that kid is in that school. And so you get four years out of them. Sometimes you get eight where they're going to the middle school and then the high school after that. And then after that, they may want to move. But it's really interesting how long people stay in these houses. And how little you ever have to do if you do it right up front. But if you do it wrong up front, you're going to be back there every single month, you know, solving problems with these people. So it's very important. Well, let's move on. When I got my first 10-unit, which was really five duplexes, I figured something out. I figured out that if I take one tenant that lives there, and I found... Um, that if I could find a mother with children that lived on-site that didn't have a job, um, they were very, very beneficial as possibility of being a manager, on-site manager for me. The people that live there know who the bad people are. And so if I was picking up a lady that was from that neighborhood, um, that lady was very good at being able to tell me, "Dell, you need to watch out for those people. They're, they're problematic people. And uh, give me heads up on people right and the other thing was I didn't have to watch for bad tenants now I had somebody right on site that was watching the tenants making sure they weren't doing bad things in addition to that if I put a sign in the yard I would put the telephone number to the manager and now they would call the manager what was the beautiful thing about that I didn't have to go over there second beautiful thing they can meet immediately because the manager was already always there take a short break be right back with the rest of this story in the Del Wamsa radio show
0: Teaching you with a roadmap to creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening. The Del Wamsley Radio Show returns in moments.
1: Stop waiting, stop sitting around, stop procrastinating. This is your time, make it happen. Do it now. When's the best time? Now. People go, well, I don't know. <laughs> it's gonna crash. <laughs> it's gonna be better next year. It's in, I've gotta listen to four more classes. I love guys come up to me and tell me, you know I've been listening to you on the radio for eight years now, right? (laughs) I go, and you're not rich yet? (laughs) Well, really, I'm thinking about joining next
0: month. (laughs) Do it now. Learn the skills you need to retire with real estate in five years or less. Do it now. Register for the Lifestyles Unlimited free online workshop. LifestylesUnlimitedWorkshop.com. You're hearing the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Want more life-changing knowledge? Access our podcast and listen on demand at LifestylesUnlimited.com under the radio tab. Now your host, Del Wamsley.
1: Welcome back to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today I'm discussing the benefits that I found when I first went to a small multifamily environment. Now, it was five duplexes, which is strictly speaking, single-family housing by um, legal standards. But because all five duplexes were right next to each other, uh, I could run it like a multifamily property, and I put a manager in there that was actually a tenant and just deemed that lady manager. What was beneficial about this? Number one, the ladies, the managers, and generally they were... In general, these managers would keep an eye on the place and if somebody skipped out I would know instantly so you know how much nicer it was to know the day they moved out so you can get somebody right back in there secondly when you have contractors you've got someone that can meet the contractors any time of day or night along with tenant prospects I would have them fill out the application send it to me then I would run the application myself and make decision whether or not I wanted to have them there so um it allowed me then to tell her that okay let them know that we uh, we've agreed to them, and this is what the terms will be. And sometimes we ask for additional security deposit, larger security deposit, and so forth. And the next thing is they could bring the money order to that manager. They didn't have to come over to my house. I mean, I remember times meeting people, you know, an hour away to pick up their their security deposit and first month's rent, and thinking, man, this is it's got to be an easier way, and there was by having this manager on site who they could bring that money order to and never to collect cash, never allow them to collect cash. We'd collect the money order, and there it was. It was the done deal. They'd sign the lease. I'd prepare the lease, get it to the manager. The manager would have them sign the lease, and it was a done deal. Now let's talk about those contractors. When contractors had to show up day or night to do work for stopped-up toilets or whatever else might go wrong, broken air conditioning, uh, the manager was there to let them in, and I didn't have to go over there. Uh, also, um, when you had to do a rehab, the manager was there to watch them to make sure that they weren't stealing anything to make sure they were doing the rehab up to specification and uh, just generally the eyes and the ears that I didn't have the time nor the desire to go over there and be. And so it really showed me that the multi-family housing environment was the way to go in this industry. And from that point on, every property I had, I had an on-site manager. It didn't matter. I had a 10-unit apartment complex. I had a 24-unit apartment complex. I had an 8-unit apartment complex, but the 8-unit was a a block or two away from the 24-unit. So I had one manager in the 24-unit that ran both of them. Um, I had a 30-unit duplexes, 15 duplexes I told you about yesterday, which is all in one cul-de-sac. So we ran that as an apartment complex type of environment. Uh, I had one manager for that. I bought a 40 unit apartment complex. Uh, we had one manager for that. And the manager was the manager and the maintenance man, both was a man manager, who was also the maintenance man. And that one didn't turn out too well. That's another whole story. Um, didn't lose any money, but it was just a bad configuration. Um, As far as having, you know, a rough, gruff maintenance man as your manager. So it wasn't, you know, there was not a lot of empathy in this guy's heart when it came to taking care of tenants, et cetera. Um, So I went from the 40 and then I went to the 64 unit apartment complex. And my friends, this was the complete change in life. Everything changed with the 64 unit apartment complex. I was able to hire a manager that was professional management material for the first time, who it was a job to do this job. They had been a manager before. They knew all the stuff that I normally had to teach the on-site manager to do. They knew how to do it. I just had to make sure they did it in the way I wanted it done. Uh, And there they were. They got up every day and went to work. And many of them would live on site. Uh, After the property gets too big, I don't let them live on site anymore because there's no way they get any break from, you know, the tenants. But when it's small, it's a community and it's their community and they know everybody and they live on site and they keep the door locked and the blinds shut if they don't want people to bug them. But, you know, the bottom line is, is that you've got you've got a contained unit right there. Now, full time skilled manager. Not part time unskilled manager, we now go to full time skilled manager. Unbelievable difference in what goes on. Now you're talking to the person about occupancy, you're talking to them about maintenance uh, and upkeep of the property, you're talking to them about, you know, your goals and your plans. But what else happened at sixty four unit apartment complex? It allowed me to hire a full time maintenance man. Before that, We had maintenance contractors, people that would come do things when you needed them to come do things, and you'd only pay them to show up when you needed them. Now you've got a full-time maintenance man. So every moment he's not working on something that's urgent and mandatory, he's there working on just overall maintenance of the property. Hey, look, let's have this as our maintenance project this month. Let's uh, clean all the gutters out and, and paint them. All right. So whenever he's doing a make ready, he's doing a make ready. Whenever he's fixing an air conditioner, he's fixing an air conditioner. But when there's none of that to do that day. All right. Let's get back on our monthly project and start doing long term maintenance. And my friends, I just have to tell you, that was the beginning of my real estate career. I didn't realize it up until then. I didn't realize that that's actually how real estate is operated. At that point, I decided to go join the Houston Apartment Association, take classes on how apartments, not rental properties, but apartments operated by management companies, operated by teams of people, how those teams were organized and how they managed those properties. And at that point, I learned all kinds of legal issues and things that uh, processes and so forth that were a part of the industry. Now, I already knew all the legal issues that were part of rental properties and so on and so forth, but there's other stuff involved when you're talking about running a management company and hiring and firing staff on a regular basis, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And the apartment association was able to give me some insight into this type of stuff that I hadn't had before. Here's an opportunity for you to change your life forever, and that is every year. We have our Lifestyles Unlimited, Wealth and Passive Income Expo. This year it's February 15th through 18th. It's in Irving, Texas. Between four and 5,000 of the top real estate investors in the country show up every year. There are classes that you can go to on just about anything in real estate investing that you'd like to. You can look it up on the internet and find out what the classes are. Uh, Just look up Lifestyles Unlimited Expo and it comes up along with the expo we have the multi-family masters tour which is the most incredible thing in the world i invented this 33 years ago by telling people look there's no way you can really understand what real estate's like unless i take you out and show you you got to see it you got to smell it you got to touch it you got to witness the tenants that are there you need to know what it's really like what we do at the bus tour we take you out to eight different apartment complexes But there's two days worth of these bus tours. This is just a phenomenal opportunity. You're gonna be able to connect with thousands of people. You're gonna learn how these people retired, how they bought these large properties, how they turned them around, how they financed them, how they staff them, I mean, just about everything. Now, I'm gonna tell you this, and you're probably not gonna believe this, but we're very close to selling out. I don't know exactly how many are left, but I know this. They told me the other day that we were just about sold out. When we are, then we'll cut it off, and then there might be a waiting list. I guess there was a waiting list last year because some people could, you know, for whatever personal reasons, couldn't get there and so on and so forth, and there was a waiting list you could get on Uh, that day if somebody didn't show up with their tickets. I mean, they paid for the tickets, didn't show up. We can't do anything about it, so we're going to let the standby people get on, pay and get on. They don't have to pay as a standby. They just wait, and if they... They get shot. We tell them, boom, I think they pay and they get on. So I'm not kidding you when I say this thing sells out instantly. This has been going on for many years and it's unbelievable. Now, today I've got one of the individuals that is going to be on the tour. And he's uh, going to introduce you today to what he's going to be showing. Now, remember, this is up in Dallas so these are properties. All these properties are in the Dallas area, you know, from Plano to Dallas to wherever. This individual lives in Plano. I don't know where the, which property. He's got two properties. He's had three properties in the past. He's got two now. I don't know which one he's going to show us either his latest one or the one right before that uh, because he might have already done all the work on the one before that. So we'll find out. Let's bring him on. Carlos Betancourt. Carlos, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Happy to Year. Well, glad to have you, Carlos. We're really happy that you're going to get to be on the tour this year.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's always a pleasure to have people visit and try to bring some take uh, forward, you know, pay back, and give some education to people.
1: So, which property are you going to be uh, highlighting this year? By the way, I wouldn't say the location <laughs> because you'll have 800 people show up there tomorrow just wanting to see which property is okay. So, just say how many units it is, general area talents in that type of thing.
2: Yeah, no problem. So this is actually uh the second property that we acquired and it's in Garland. It's hundred and forty eight units.
1: All right. So what kind of a project was it when you bought it?
2: It was uh you know what we call a hybrid, um really great location. The the owner had owned it since the eighties, uh so operations he wasn't really extracting all the all the rents that he could we had done some some maintenance on it um but you know it did need some some <laughs> upgrades so we did that it was you know we we spent about 800,000 on on exteriors and whether the the pools or adding a cabana or replacing fences adding cedar planks um you know some of the, the stuff that adds to the curb appeal new signage um and then after that, we we focused on interior renovations, and that's you know we're continuing to do that as we get terms.
1: Okay, so we're gonna get to see we're gonna to get to see your models of what you're putting out there, your product compared to the uh, will we get to see the old owners' product, so we have a comparison, or just to get to see your new product.
2: Hopefully, we do have a chance, but it it'll depend on what we have at the time as far as occupancy. We have been uh, pretty doing pretty well. We did see a dip here in, in this last month with the slow season. But uh, what we try to do is as soon as they come available, we try to turn them right away. So it will depend on the timing. We'll see.
1: The worst thing we ever had to do, Carlos, we had one guy, had his property was 100% occupied. And we had to pay a tenant to let us look at it. Well, Carlos, look forward to seeing you out there. And uh, thanks for coming on today to talk about your property. The rest of you out there, let's meet Carlos at his property. Let's get out to the expo. And let's remember this. It's not the money. It's the lifestyle. Have a wonderful day.